Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Mondo Show. I have arrived, the rabbi, Jonathan Kahn. I, it's so good to have oh, you on the Orange Cow. Can you believe I, out I, of all the places you've been, you've landed to the Orange Couch? I've never <laughs> been on the Orange Couch before. I've heard all sorts of stories about it. I was, I was almost afraid of the Orange Couch. Have you ever been on the Orange Couch? No, I have never. Not. <laughs> the guy said, you got to watch your, your pack on the Orange Couch. It may not go well. I said, the Orange Couch. <laughs> it's official. <laughs> Rabbi Jonathan Kahn made it to the Orange Couch. I am proud to call you a friend. Is that all right? Yes, absolutely. I fell Likewise. in love with your friendship in absolutely. Israel. And that time I was behind the camera. Mm -hmm. And now the honor is to interview you, talk to you. And let me ask you this. When you go to places and you meet people like me, does it ever shock you on why we're so interested in your life? Um, I, guess, I guess it all shocks me you know that because it's kind of like you just you're doing what god has you doing you know and then i'm always i'm always shocked i still don't get it you know uh i was thinking that it's interesting i was thinking that just before before we went on 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 the show before i was thinking this just that thing i don't know that i'll ever be used to it you know it's just that but i you know okay that is it is what it is but i don't understand it except you know just do your thing i don't i don't see me from the outside and you don't see we don't yeah. see ourselves on the outside we just do what god told us to do so how does it, it feel to have this fame because at some point you know fame hits you when people start recognizing you people want your autograph people want your picture does that ever get strange um in the same way as you know it's always a little bit strange on one hand um on the other hand i guess see i was i was leading a worship center i was the senior pastor i was doing some things on radio i was doing so so it kind of happened it was both it happened i was used to it you know that part of it not that not the level it happened but then when the harbinger came then it was a whole nother thing so so i guess you know you know what it does mondo it it humbles me because some of you like oh you get a big head. you'll get a big head no opposite because i know it's above me and number two i don't want to mess it up you know lord i don't want to mess it up so i feel opposite you know with that so um it's you know so it's always it's always uh, it, it's both i mean i guess on, on one hand i'm used to it on the other hand i'm never used to it what advice do you give to people that reach this type of fame this fast because we see them crash and burn and we we watch them just you know it takes over their lives and sometimes it even just destroys their personal life yeah what advice do you give yeah. someone that is getting ready to yeah explode in the scene and all yeah. of a sudden they find fame overnight yeah. Yeah, well, well, fame is, you don't do things for fame. Fame is nothing in one sense. Fame can come and go. It doesn't matter their eyes, God's eyes are the only eyes that are going to last, only eyes that matter. Um, you have to know who you are and you have to know who you are with God because all the rest is just, you know, what people think of you, that's all second. It doesn't matter in the end, whether they hate you or love you, it doesn't matter. What matters is who you are with God and what you're doing. So the most important thing is to be grounded in that that's who you are. That's substance. If you get caught up in the other stuff, that means you don't have the substance. It's kind of if you're going on the outside things, you don't have the inside thing. You gotta have. You gotta know who you are with God. That's all that matters. Whether that comes or goes, it doesn't matter. People come, you know, whether whether everybody knows the most famous person in the world or not. It, if you don't, if you're not grounded in who you are with God and who God is with you, 
it won't, it doesn't matter. And that's why people, there are people who destroy themselves because they lose themselves in it. It's all, it's all, you know, appearance. You know, it's what they think of me. That doesn't mean anything. It, it, it's gone. It's all going to be gone. What matters is what he thinks of me. And, you know, that, and my, that, that's to be really grounded is the most important thing. And always leave that, hey, I can take it or leave it. If it goes, it's okay. I'm not going to, it's not me. That's just, me is here. That's just that thing. If God wants it, great. You know, but I, you know, the only eyes that are going to matter are his. Ooh, that is such good. Listen, that advice is for you. Because I know that God has a good plan for your life. And if you happen to have that kind of favor, you're going to need some good advice along the way to understand what to do with that call. Where do you go from that call? And when the applause goes away, does that mean the gifting goes away, the anointing goes away? Absolutely not. And listen, if you don't know who I'm talking about and who's here with me on the orange couch, you probably are under a rock right now because the whole world has heard about Jonathan Kahn. Some people call you Rabbi Jonathan Kahn. You're a pastor. You're a best-selling author. You're a teacher. You're a prophet, some people may say, a watchman. You're a dad. You're a husband. You're a great friend, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I thank love you, you Rabbi. Like, likewise. You know, man. when I look back at my life and I look at what the favor of God has done and to get to meet you and, and be able to talk to you, I always go back to what would Rabbi tell the young Rabbi, right? Now that you are an older, wiser man, what would you say to the 16-year-old Jonathan Kahn? Oh, if I was talking to myself? Yes. <laughs> First of all, get saved. Don't keep waiting. <laughs> Don't keep waiting because I knew, by the way, I knew I was supposed to get saved, and I kept putting it off until I got hit by a train. Ooh. That the, so, so, hey, you know, you know that, that thing. Um, you know, I, I guess because when I was at that age, I was putting it off because I thought, you know, if I give my life to the Lord, uh, I got to give up everything and join a monastery, and that's the end of my life. Everything good. I had a rock band and all so, that. I've given all the good stuff up. All the good stuff was on the other side. You know, you don't give anything up compared to what you get. So, so uh, you know, they'll taste and see the Lord is good because I'm talking to an unsaved 16-year-old who didn't know what he was doing, you know. We know, I think at 16, we think we know it all. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, when you think you know it all, you know you don't know it all. And when you don't know it, when you know you don't know, you then you know, you know. And so, but it takes yourself coming to the point where you know you don't know, then you can know from the Lord. <laughs> uh, but to be open for the Lord, but I shouldn't, I was fighting it, you know, for, for like six years. I, I knew it was true. I was fighting it for six years. You know, it was like, I don't know if you grew up, the, one of the children's books is called Green Eggs and Ham. Oh, yeah. And, and, and the guy's, will you eat it on a train? No, on a train. No, I will not eat it on a plane. I will not. I will. And then he eats it and he likes it. Well, it's like that's what, what salvation was to me. <laughs> you know, you know, once it's like, why was I waiting? <laughs> yeah. You are the author of The Harbinger. Not only part one, part two, the Shemitah, uh, the Paradigm, the Oracle. Why do you think God chose you to reveal the harbingers that we read about? And we're going to get to talk about your brand new movie. But why do you think that God chose you to reveal this message of the harbingers? I think on one hand, he chooses the least likely. Uh, I was an atheist. You know, I was arguing against him. He said, oh, okay, you just wait. You know, um, I will use that which was against me. I will use it for me. Um, one thing. I guess the other thing is... Um, you know, I mean, I think also he's bringing the Jewish people back, and there are things that they have that that the church had this and the church, bringing them back together. So there's certain things that I think he wants the Jewish people to again 
bring revelation because that's that's how it started, you know, um, with that. And then I also always I, I always question everything. That's how I became an atheist. That's and that is, that's how I got saved. So I always question everything to go deeper. And also, um, you know, I always expect God to show me. Like I open the Bible, I expect there's going to be a treasure there. You know, that I'm never going to open up. It's not, there's not a treasure. There's a treasure. If I don't see it, then I'm not looking. You know, so so I believe that He'll always lead and to be open. You know, when He does, Lord, show me. I want to know more. Show me. You were at the airport. I, I find this story fascinating because God will speak to you wherever you are. He is God. He chooses whom He's going to use at that moment in your life. Yet there was a moment in time that it seemed like time stopped, right? And this man by the name of Hubie Sims gave you a message? Well, this was the week that I wrote, I finished my first book, The Harbinger. I finished it. And, but now what do I do with it? You know, I didn't, there was no publisher or anything. I just knew it was the Lord. And so people were telling me, oh, you know, you gotta, you gotta brand yourself. You know, people, you know, the messianic world knows you, but the publishers don't know you. So you gotta brand, I'm not branding myself. I'm not a cow. I'm not gonna brand myself. (laughs) I said, I said, I said, I'm not gonna do that. And then, and then that week I was, I was called to go to speak at Promise Keepers in Dallas and it stopped at North Carolina airport. And so I'm at the airport and it was kind of the last chance because I was going to see somebody who was, who was talking about the book. So I said, Lord, I just bowed my head in the airport. I said, Lord, the harbinger was yours, not mine. You know how to make it go out, not man. You, you don't need man. You don't need an agent. You don't need anybody. You make it go out. You know how to get words out. You know, that was it. I opened up my eyes and then there's this man sitting to my, ne- my left. And, and, and he turns to me and he says, so what's the good word? And I said, the good word? God loves you. That's the good word. <laughs> he says, I know that. He says, but, but what's the good word? I'm feeling like, eh. so I'm witnessing to him. He's witnessing to me. We're both trying to get each other saved <laughs> until we realize that we're saved. Then he turns to me and he says, Jonathan, God's given you a book. This book is of God and he's going to spread it across the, the nation and the world. He says, you've been known, but it's nothing compared to what you will be. You have done things, but it's nothing compared to what you will do. Um, and then the thing is, the thing is that that it turned out that because of a Super Bowl catch by David Tyree, guy makes a catch, he 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 gets a book contract because he's a Christian, writes about it, but he mentions the guy who gave him the prophecy who that he was going to do that catch and it was going to make him famous, and that and and so that guy was the, the guy was Hubie Sin, and so he mentions him in the book that puts Hubie Sin into into touch with. Steve Strang, the publisher. Wow. So now Hubie, Hubie Sin is in the airport. He said he, when he was about to sit down, he saw me told this, and he said, God said, you must speak to this man. And he said, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> well, because for some reason, Mondo, you'll find it kind of strange, is he thought I looked Jewish. So, <laughs> and, and I'm wearing, I'm wearing, I'm wearing black and I'm kind of, kind of probably well like this. He said, he's orthodox. I can't do it. So finally he said he was literally in pain, gripped with pain until he opened his mouth and gave me the word. Because of the Super Bowl catch, he was put into with Steve Strang, so he sent word from the air after the airport. Sent word to Steve Strang, publisher, and so then I get this contact from Stephen Strang, famous publisher, who says, "Listen, we heard what happened at the airport. We heard about this thing called the Harbinger. We have no idea what it is, but we're interested." And that is how the Harbinger went forth to the world, not by the hand of man, but by the hand of God. Wow. Totally different. And the other thing is that in the Harbinger, it kind of really kicks in when the the guy. I mean, the Harbinger is tr- real stuff. But I, I share it in a story. Guy named Noriel is sitting at a at a, a public place. To his left is a guy who's the prophet, who then turns to him, starts talking to him, 
Then he gives them a prophecy that leads that guy to bring a word, a prophetic word to the nation. So God was oh, taking the wow. book and recreating it, you know, to, in order to have the book go forth. And you had written about this before you met Hubie Before Sanders. I went to the airport. Listen, it's not, I know you thought it was strange for me to have football players on the set. Ah, <laughs> this reason. is prophetic. Now it makes sense. Why? I got, before we get into the Harbinger things to come, an amazing movie. Got to preview it a few days ago. You need to get ready to go watch this. I got to ask you this because it always, again, another fascination about Jonathan Kahn. Why do you wear black? Why do I wear black? <laughs> Johnny Cash uh, had that song, right? That's right. And Man in black. Uh, well, uh, the a few things. Uh, black is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. But but the thing is that that it's also it, it's like love because the Bible says love covers the multitude of sins. Black covers the multitude. Of sins. You just put it on. You don't worry if you gain weight; it doesn't matter, and you don't have to think about anything. There you, know, you go. You, you know, I look there. Okay, what am I wear today? Black. Okay, black, black. It doesn't match. Yeah, it's black. So so you know so it doesn't matter. So it, it's it's easy. Uh, it's easy, and it looks right. It kind of goes with a the part. There you, you know, go. You know, so it's easy. So yeah. I love that. My my favorite answer of all time. <laughs> Listen, I want you to watch this trailer, and then we're going to come back and talk about this movie, The Harbinger, Things to Come. Watch this. American 11, are you trying to call? Nobody move. Everything will be okay. If you try to make any move, you danger yourself and the airplane. Is there an ancient mystery that lies behind everything? From 9-11 to the plague of COVID-19, the forces that are now transforming American culture and world civilizations are the shakings that have come upon America and the world a warning, a wake-up call of something yet to come, and that leads to calamity. Selling author Jonathan Kahn comes an explosive and mind-blowing motion picture, The Harbingers of Things to Come, the one movie you can't afford not to see. In theaters May 12th. Tickets available at fathomevents.com. The Harbingers, Things to Come. My special guest today joining me here on the set on the orange couch is none other than Jonathan Kahn. He's an author, he's a pastor, he's a messianic. Jewish pastor, can I say that? You can say it. And you're from New Jersey. The harbingers of things to come, this is powerful. Where are we when it comes to this title in America? <clears throat> well, for those who don't know, the harbinger is, is opening up a mystery that is the beginning of the warnings of judgment, the signs that come on a nation, beginning with 9-11, but it didn't stop. That, that, that is the beginning, not the end. And so I always knew there was going to be more to it. 
And so the harbingers have not stopped. They've actually continued after I wrote the book. Um, and we have been progressing in this pattern, the pattern being that years before a nation's judgment, there's a strike on the land, a warning, wake-up call. Well, it happened with America with 9-11. And 9-11, it's not just saying 9-11. There were, those who know the harbinger, nine specific amazing harbingers that are the replaying of the exact same signs and harbingers that happened in the last days of ancient Israel. So that was destroyed. So we have now in America this warning, and we have been continuing down the road of ancient Israel since then. And so we, we have gotten worse before God. And so we are in danger. This is a danger. The, the patterns have continued. The harbingers have continued. Um, the nation has continued in the same footsteps. So it's, it is more vital now than ever. That's why I knew this had to go out. You know. This is coming out May 12th. Yes. One day only. Yes. Everyone's got to go watch it. Grab your friends, your church, your Bible study groups. I mean, bring everybody. Bring the whole neighborhood. They got to watch this, Rabbi, because you're not specifically talking to the Christian crowd. You're talking you're right. to everyone, every person, every walk of life. This is going to shock some people. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Why have we ignored the warnings that the Bible has written about for thousands of years? Yeah, and 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 they're manifesting exactly. You know, so well, if you look at what ancient Israel did, they ignored it too. They ignored it to their destruction. And I think the same reason why a nation, as much as you watch in culture how it's racing away from God, the same way that's the reason why they're ignoring it. Because if you don't ignore it, then you have to come to the Lord. Um, you know, with, with ancient Israel, that's what happened. They hardened their hearts. So, you know, so, I mean, you know, it, it's kind of like, remember after 9-11, everybody raced to church three weeks, you know, but then it was a turning away. So if, you know, because there was no repentance, if there is going to be, if America is going to be saved, it's got to be repentance. But if people don't want to turn, they're going to try to block it out. But it's very hard to block it out. That's why, again, I mean, like you just did it, but I'm encouraging people to bring unsaved people, aside from saved people, but unsaved people. As you said, it's written, I mean, it's done not just for, for it's not a church movie. It's not done for just that. It's certainly done to, to speak to believers, but it's certainly done to speak to anybody. It doesn't matter. It's very hard to argue with it. It's not like people are used to, oh, yeah, you're going to tell me this, this. They don't know what you're, this stuff is not something that someone told them, you know. So it's, it's, it's a powerful thing. Um, we pray God really uses it. To Listen, when I watched it, it made me want to go back to the Bible. I even had my computer Googling at the same time. I'm not trying to fact check No, no, you. no, no. It's fine. It's fine. Berean. Berean with, with a computer. Exactly. <laughs> just trying to make sense of it my own self. How can we do this? How did we get here? And I think the biggest question, Rabbi, is this right here. Where are we in America when it comes to the harbingers? We are, we are in this period of time that God gave to Israel. Same thing, that after the strike gives a period of time. Um, and the period of time is either to come back to the Lord or, or head to judgment. We are right now heading to judgment. We are, you know, one of, one of the mysteries, that it has one of timing, that shakings begin at this certain time, and they did. Just like according to the, according to what was in the template, it happened. COVID, all these things that have happened, that we've, been, we, we've become a shaken nation. Um, we're there, so and we're still racing away from God. So this is a very dangerous time, a very dangerous time for America, um, and that's why again I, I believe we have to sound the alarm. That's why that's why the movie. Um, so yeah, I believe this is we have to come back or we're lost. The New York Times just published an 
open letter. What do you I'm, think of that? When, when, let's get rid let's of get, God. Yeah, it, that's that's uh, that's might as well say let's get rid of America because you get rid of God, you get rid of America. Um, the it, it's it's saying that even with all these things happening, still the hardness. That's what happened with Israel. That's what the hardness is warning of. And you know, it's it's funny because because back then, at the time after nine eleven, everybody was saying God, God, God. You know, because they knew it. They knew they needed something, but they didn't weren't willing to turn. You know. So, so the fact that, you know, they can still say that it's, I mean, I, you know, it's like, how do you do what you're doing? How do you indoctrinate children in things that are going to destroy their lives? How do you do that? And then call it good. How do you kill unborn children, 60 million and say it's good? I don't, I don't get that, but that's what Israel was doing in his last days. You connect 9-11 with so much. What is the importance of 9-11? It is that first warning, number one. Also, it is that it is the beginning of a shift because the beginning of a nation that's heading to judgment, that, that was a definite turning point for ancient Israel, for ancient Judah, that first strike, that first strike. And then what we saw, we were talking, to, we were all to, uh, together today doing recording, and that even the date, it turns out, for those who if, for if you have a one-year Bible, if it's called the one-year Bible, if that's the goal, it doesn't matter which version, King James, New America. It's called the one you're about. Look it up. Look at the Harbinger Scripture, which talks about the beginning of a nation's judgment, talks about the first strike of the enemy. It's that Isaiah 9.10 verse. That's what it's about. Look at that Isaiah 9.10 and see the date that is on that Bible, which is going to be 9.11. And it was there from the 1980s. It's about the first strike on, on the nation. It was there, dated from the 1980s. So it God already put it there. Plus, I mean, we saw also some other things that turns out that America began its rise to power on September 11th, years before this, economically, in New York, uh, militarily, all on 9-11. So it's linked to the very, the very rise of America and which may become the very fall of America. What is the hope? What is your message of hope when we see these harbingers? It can probably scare the pants out of people. They can probably get people to say, oh, you're fear-mongering once again, the Christians, here we go. But there's hope in yeah. all this. Yeah, and by the way, and it's not just, you know, people can say, hey, this is happening, this is happening. This isn't, check it out for yourself. This is not people just coming up, it's it's there. You do what you want, but it's there. There, you know. Um, yeah, God wouldn't, people ask, is there hope? I said, yeah, well, I said, if there's no hope, there wouldn't be warning. Why warn if there's no hope? You warn because there is hope. So God in his mercy is warning. The, the, the hope is to come back, number one, repentance. The hope is that for America to turn, salvation. The hope is for the church to turn as well, um, where he says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their evil ways, I'll hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Well, that is the hope. And, and I also put in, in the movie, you know, the times that God actually changed the history of America, saved it. I mean, America as we know it would not have existed if it wasn't for people coming to be for him in prayer, for real. And not, not once, at least twice. I, I, you know, there's two, two periods where it changed history. We wouldn't be around as we are now if it wasn't for people taking God at his word. So there is hope. And, and then on top of that, no matter what's going on around you, you have to be a light to the world. The darker it gets, the brighter we have to get. Some, in some cases, you could say this is the most exciting time to live because, you know, it makes a difference now. It matters. You know, if everybody's saying they're Christians, you blend in. But if, 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 if now it costs to say you're a Christian, to stand for what's right, 
then it means something. It means a lot. You're the candle in the night that lights up the dark. So really, if you had to choose a time, this is among the most exciting times you could ever live in. Maybe not the most comfortable, but exciting. Wow. Listen, this message is for you. You have to understand where we are in the time of history right now. God chose you, us, to be a part of this great moment. And there is no way God would do something so, you know, catastrophic without giving us hope in the midst of chaos, in the midst of confusion. Rabbi, I believe in prayer. I think prayer, you know, is part of the return, the event that you put together in Washington, D.C., our time is flying, and I know you're going to go and write the next book. I know you're about yeah. to go home and, and, and be with your family. Can we pray before you leave? Of course. And one of my favorite things to do on this program is if you're watching and you're struggling with something, you're struggling to believe, maybe you're an atheist, maybe you're someone that is questioning God, maybe you're a seasoned Christian, and you come to that fork on the road, you don't know if you believe anymore. You don't know if the Bible is even real anymore because the deconstruction theology is destroying what the truth is all about. And now you have come to a place where you're questioning God. Yet there's something inside of you that still wants to believe. There's something inside of you that still wants to know that there is a God, that there is a heaven. And today we want to give you that opportunity. As Jonathan Kahn prays, I want you to close your eyes and meet that moment with God. I believe that when you connect with us right now, God is going to inspire you through the Holy Spirit, just breathe on you to remind you once again that He is the great I am. He is the beginning and the end. He is the alpha and the omega in your life. Can you pray for sure, us? Sure, for people who need Absolutely. to know. Absolutely. Salvation. It. Yeah, just wherever you are, listen, God's calling you and there's only two roads, and one, only one of them leads to salvation. If you're not born again, you're on the wrong road, but the Lord loves you. He says, come now. This is your moment. I gave my life for you. I rose from death for you uh, and received. So this is God calling you right now. This is your moment. Don't say tomorrow. Tomorrow may not come. This is now. So just repeat after me. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you shall be saved. Just repeat after me and mean it in your heart, this prayer. Lord God, I come to you now. I open my heart. Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for giving your life for me, dying for my sins, rising from death so I could be saved. This moment, I turn away from my sins. I turn from my past. I turn to you. Lord, forgive me, wash me, cleanse me. I receive now your forgiveness, your cleansing, your presence into my heart. Lord, be with me always. From this moment on, I'm going to follow you as your disciple. Lead me, and I will follow you. And thank you, Lord, as I commit my life to you from here on in, I'm walking in the light, Lord, that you will lead me always. And I thank you that I can say, I am your disciple. You are my salvation. And I will be with you always as I follow you from this day, all the days of my life and forever. In the name of my Redeemer, Jesus, amen. Wow, thank you. Thank you, My thank blessing. you, thank you. I love My you. Love you too, Thank you Mondo. for coming to the Orange Wonderful. Couch. Wonderful. Listen, I know you pray this prayer, and I want to leave you with this scripture right here. But we rejoice. This is from Romans chapter 5. But we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. 
And hope does not put us to shame, but because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. That scripture is for you. That is the hope we have in Jesus Christ to know that he takes all the shame away. He takes all of our shame from the past, from the present, and now into your future. God is with you. I have to go, but I want to remind you, keep the faith. God is in control. It's going to be all right. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Uh-huh.